0: Welcome to the Monday edition of the Grateful No Matter What podcast. I'm Kyle the Grateful, and on today's episode, I was joined by a good friend of mine, Sophia Medina, a high school senior who is driven and motivated to make this world a better place. We sat down and discussed her experience navigating this pandemic as a high school senior, as well as racial justice, LGBTQ equality, climate change, and so much more. Enjoy. What's up how are you good how are you
1: I'm good there I think now you can see me
0: I could see you now <laughs> how is everything
1: everything's good I was just like binging a bunch of the podcasts earlier and I have like the intro music going on in my head
0: <laughs> that's uh do you like, like it yeah I love it yeah it's one of my good friends he like makes beats and I was using I forgot what I was using before but yeah I figured I would use his and it, it works. I, I, I like it.
1: Yeah, it's you know? really good.
0: So if the listeners don't know, I am speaking with a good friend, Sophia. I don't know if I say your full name, but um, Sophia is a senior in high school, correct?
1: Yeah, senior. senior.
0: Senior in high school. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on today. I know it was kind of last minute. So thanks for, uh, you know, making it happen. But, um, but yeah, like you, so the pandemic pretty much affected the end of your junior year. And then obviously it's coming into your final senior year. So how, uh, just right out of the gate, how has that been for you?
1: Well, it's definitely been, I think for a lot of people, I was needing that break kind yeah. of because as a, like, I'm, I think I'm an overachieving student. Um, very clearly. I'm in a lot of different clubs. I was the president of my class. It was, um, you know, I was not on an exchange program yeah. in the summer and it was just a lot and you know trying to figure out like what i want to study and trying to narrow it down to see what colleges like i want to look at prospectively for the future it was like there was so much going on and then in march of last year i was kind of you know ready for that break and i thought that you know this is what i need and this is good and just like the universe is just playing out the way it should be but i think as this new school year is starting i just feel myself getting so upset because um We haven't had any of the things except for painting senior rock, you know, which is something that seniors do. It's like a rock outside of the school and they paint it red and white letterings of our names. And um, it just makes me really sad because we weren't expecting to say goodbye to each other um, that Friday in March. Um, We didn't know that that was the last time we would all be together in the same place. And we lost so many things from our senior year. And it feels very just like I feel alone. And I know that there's so many of my classmates out there who feel the same way, but it's just it's very isolating and very just depressing. And, you know, like you were mentioning in one of your other podcasts, how, you know, time is we can't get it back. Yeah. And much of it is just like sitting here in front of my computer screen, um, missing what I used to have. And Mm -hmm. I used to take my my school days for granted uh, because I wasn't prepared to say goodbye just immediately one day you know what i mean
0: yeah so are you are they still having um are they going to be doing like the prom and stuff or or like an outdoor something or
1: um they're planning to tentatively have a prom but obviously with covid covid sorry and uh you know if people have to quarantine and stuff like that it's tentatively planned for the first weekend in june which is really cool but you know we've never had a covid prom so nobody knows (laughs) gonna work yeah and like senior trip we were supposed to go down to Myrtle Beach um that got canceled so now they're trying to plan just like a day trip to Hershey Park um and then our graduation is tentatively planned also just because of COVID and everything to be at Bethel Woods this year um it was like an outdoor ceremony yeah it's it's really nice they did it last year but
0: yeah that's I mean I I can't even wrap my head around it I mean to to have to deal with all that and like you said the drop like not knowing that right after that date that it would be the last time you got to see all your friends in the same place and or at least in the same place as school like experiencing your senior year yeah it's got to be tough I mean what as yeah what so during this time what have you been doing to try to keep your you know your mental health or actually just check on on your mental health and make sure that you are you know you had what you needed and you were, you know, okay, for lack of a better word, but you know, what are you doing to cope?
1: Yeah. Um, In the beginning of the pandemic, I wanted to spend as much time outside as possible. And I I built a garden and I spent, you know, a lot of my time just tending to the garden, doing yoga in the garden, um, just being outside and like soaking Mm -hmm. up. And I think as the year progressed and I was more indoors doing schoolwork, um, you know, I am seeing a psychologist. I talk to them once a week, which is something that like, I hadn't prioritized in the past, but it was something that I knew that I needed. Um, and just being under so much stress and COVID made me realize that I need to start now and I need to talk to someone. And I have been, and that's been helping. Um, I've been doing yoga every day for three months. Um, so that has also been helping me just like get my body moving. Cause I'm yeah. stationary desk. Yeah. Um, single day. Um I just I feel like, oh, and I also went vegan. Um <laughs> vegan in January. Um totally vegan. And I think that just the way that I'm eating is making me feel so much healthier and just much happier. Yeah. Uh, but it's really hard because it feels like we're sitting at the computer for like 10 hours a day and we don't get a break. And then you're here until the sun comes up and the sun goes down. And then you just feel like, oh my God, I just want to sleep now it's really hard on students. It's really hard.
0: I know. At first I thought, or maybe you did too, you know, this is a little bit of a break. Like I I get to just kind of hang out at home, but then when it becomes uh, almost a permanent reality, it could take a toll on you. Um, And sitting in front of a screen for that long and having to engage and, and keep yourself, you know, attentive to whatever class you're in, Isn't easy, especially when you're at home. Like it sounds good in theory, but you're at home, so there's more distractions. Also, I am—I'm a believer that you know you obviously want to have like your work usually and your and your personal life kind of cut off. That's why like I don't have computers in my bedroom, and I don't like to do work in my bedroom because that's where I sleep, and then I'll come to another place to do to work. But you're doing work in your bedroom, right?
1: Um, This is an old bedroom that we just like made into a desk area. But you know, sometimes I wake up at eight o'clock and my first class starts at eight o three. So I just roll over my Chromebook and I'm just in bed, just doing my work, which isn't good. But it's just like I can't even like get up right now. Yeah. And I. I, Go ahead. and, and
0: And the and I mean, obviously, being cold out in the winter doesn't help either.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. And I was. I, like My first three years of high school, freshman, sophomore, and junior year, I used to wake up sometimes 5 o'clock, 5.30. I was super into makeup and like putting on makeup and doing different designs every single day. And so I can't even imagine getting up at 6 o'clock to do all of that and then get ready for school and then go throughout my day. Um, I just can't even imagine since I wake up at 8 o'clock and then roll over and now I'm at school. Like, I just... There's no separation. And partly it's my fault, but we weren't prepared for this. And we're not sure, even adults aren't sure, like how to help us. And I think that's something we've been seeing in schools a lot is I think our teachers want to help us, our administrators help us, but it's just like, how do we, how do we do that? There's so much uncertainty, you know?
0: Yeah, they're pretty much you know, this is their first rodeo, like this is their first time dealing with something like this too. So just because they're adults, yes, they might have more life experience, but, you know, they haven't experienced this. So it's really tough for them to impart wisdom on you when they're like, I don't know what I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, everybody's kind of just making it up as they go along. And it's tough, especially, and it's tougher for students because you're younger, you know, you you have le- not just less experience, but you just, it's more of the unknown because, you're in school and you're going to be graduating from school if you're a senior and that's an unknown. And then you add this in the unknown. Cause you you're going to college next year. You might not, how is that? You don't even know how that's going to look.
1: No, I've like looked online at what they're doing and yeah. my, I'm going to Vassar college. Um, I think they were, the students that are on campus were picked by a lottery, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and they're not allowed to leave campus at all um, or else they have to like, come back and be quarantined for a certain amount of time and if they leave they can't come back so it's just very like that's also not what I dreamt of my college experience yeah. looking either so it's like mentally preparing yourself for um just I guess it's disappointment but yeah. it's also like what can I do to get the best out of this and make the most of it um but it's it's just been very taxing and I know like um, the senior lounge, you painted in the, <laughs> yeah. the, the dragon on the wall, was it?
0: Well, really I, I helped, but yeah, it was one of my good friends. But yeah, that's still there, apparently, I heard, right? or
1: Yeah, it is. And <laughs> it's just, I wanted to hang out with my friends there. And I wanted to make those like friendships and keep them going. And it just feels like I don't talk to anyone now. Like I had three close friends. We don't even text maybe once a month, twice a month. Really? Um, yeah. And it's just very isolating. And it's not because we don't want to talk to each other. It's just, it's we just don't talk about it anymore. And yeah. we're all, oh,
0: yeah. It's- yeah. It's like, it's not, you say to your friend like, Oh, how's your day? What are you doing? What are you up to? Oh, I'm at home. You know, I'm, I'm doing schoolwork. It's yeah. It's not, there's not many, I guess new events that are coming around that, that you guys can share with each other to like, you know, that's exciting I don't know
1: yeah yeah It feels so lonely as a student like I know that in the past because I did so much I had you know like maybe one huge mental breakdown where it was just overload of just way too much stuff like around color wars or whatever it was because I was basically in charge of helping my class get through that yeah. but now it's like every month there's something that just pushes me over the edge and I cannot function and I can't even get out of bed and I won't go to school for several days and like that's not who I am um and i know that we're all in the same boat and all students are going through the same thing so some yeah. people are suck it up like everybody else is doing the same thing too but I'm just like this is not how it should be yeah and this, at 17 years old this sh- shouldn't be how I'm feeling you know
0: no it, it's a lot of a lot of pressure and it's a lot of you know stuff thrown on your plate that you're not ready for one and also sometimes you're not prepared for and you're navigating it like as it comes to you and and it's just it's not easy for anybody let alone somebody who's you know still in high school and then is looking to their you know what's going to happen in their future and what you know what they want to do and and plans that they have it's yeah it's it's tough for everybody but you know it's i don't want to say it's tougher for other people or more tough because everybody has their own you know their own situations but you know, right. you have to look out for yourself and, and as far as, you know, how you're going to be able to persevere and get through it. And if you're feeling that way, then that's totally legit because it's your experience. It's 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 no one else's, um, no one else has the right to be like, Sophia, like you shouldn't feel that way. Or like, Kyle, you shouldn't feel that way. It's because no, it's, I feel this way right now. And that's just how I feel. But right. the only thing that we can do is just keep doing what we're doing which sounds so cliche and you know it sounds like you just have to get through it it sounds cliche but it's it's true it sucks it's not it's not fun you know i i i lost a few things you know a job in a, in a yoga studio and you know i was pretty upset with that um but what am i gonna do you know you kind of just have to keep you have to keep moving forward you know
1: yeah. and and for those of you who are listening who don't know i actually found yoga because of kyle um one day like after school my mom is a teacher and she brought me to the studio and i was really just like very skeptical of the whole whole yoga thing i was like okay i've seen moms do it like on a video to their tv screens Mm -hmm. on tv whatever um and i was just like maybe this isn't going to be for me but i went to the first session and we were all in the room together and i just remember like we were in i don't know if it was extended child's pose or shavasana or whatever but i was crying I was like oh my god this is the best thing that's ever happened to me I need to come back like I need to be serious about this and it honestly since the first time that I stepped into the studio it completely changed my life um and so when when the studio closed it was just very because it had become even in yeah. that short where, yeah like it was became part of like who I was and my identity and it was part of my journey and I felt like if this is gonna get stripped away from me like, What else is gonna get stripped away from me? And this is just very scary. So
0: yeah, I I remember, yeah, you you came and then you like there's some people that come to yoga and they, you know, it's it's sort of cool. They, They they try to make it part of their life, and you know, when they get a chance, but you dove in head first. I joke around with people like whenever I I speak of you, and I'm like, Yeah, Sophia was like my yoga ambassador in the high school because she was trying to get like you got a bunch of people to come you would try to convert people that were like skeptical because of like, I don't know, religious reasons, no offense, but you know, they just didn't feel like they thought they were going to be inviting in spirits. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. But, and, and, and like, also like my social media, cause after every class, we would take like a, a boomerang or a selfie or something like that. You know, that's, that's something that I still hold near and dear to my heart because I, you know, I affected a few people and as long as I can affect a few people and they carry it on and hopefully, you know, they speak well of yoga and they, carry it and share it with other people, then that's that's all you can ask for because that's how it was for me when I kind of had that, like, I guess, an epiphany about yoga, wanting to get my certification, but also like understanding how impactful it was in my life was like, it was a life-changing experience. It was a life-changing moment in the studio that I was in when I lived in the city. So to see somebody or hear from somebody that had that similar experience in one of my classes, that's like, I don't know, that's, that's like an amazing feeling because, that's all you want to do is to be able to like transfer that energy and share your passion with other people and have it become infectious and have them like want to do the same things that you do. Maybe not teaching, but, you know, sharing and, and embodying yoga, not just as a, you know, practice as, as far as like postures, but like meditation and how you eat and how you act towards yourself and others. It's a whole, it's a whole lifestyle, you know?
1: Right. And I remember um just like through the whole entire yoga journey and our conversations you know before and after class or sometimes when we have a meditation session together mm-hmm. we, you know in that short time that we we had before the pandemic hit I just learned so much about like needing to be there for myself like you were just mm-hmm. talking about like my spirituality and stuff like that and I think and trusting the universe because yeah. I feel like if I didn't have have that yoga practice before the pandemic started i think i would have been completely lost right now and so it really just shows me that everything really does happen for a reason and i'm honestly just so grateful for the time that i had there because it's still carried with me in every way Mm -hmm. throughout year you know and obviously i wish that we could be in the studio i miss like the smell and just being around people and just like that we have but I'm just like holding on to the hope that someday soon we'll be able to do that again.
0: Yeah, I I feel the same way as, as far as the, you know, just being in there with people. I taught virtually for a little while and it just became so, for me personally, it became so stale and disconnecting and just not like, I just didn't feel it. Like, and I I had to like eventually just sort of bow out because it just didn't feel authentic. And I know that sucks, but it it was affecting me like mentally trying to put on this like persona and this facade that everything was all good, but it, it didn't feel good to teach through a screen. You know, Um, I'm hoping this summer to be able to, you know, do stuff in, in, in outside somewhere, you know, set up a, like one or two days a week. I was speaking to a friend of mine, and I was like, I would even do like a sunrise yoga. And he was, and I, he, he, was joking. He was like, I don't think high school kids are gonna get up at, you know, at the sun, at the, at the crack of dawn. And I was like, you never know. Even if you get one person, I even if you get none, I'll, I'll enjoy my meditation and on the sunrise. And if people want to come, they can come. But
1: like we yeah. did at Bethel, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah, like stuff like that is definitely in the, in the, in the mix that that I want to do for the summer but yeah the whole studio space not being able to be in there having to be virtual was just it was taxing and i just had to eventually just call it quits there because it just didn't feel good and it sucks but and
1: i think yeah. for you the pandemic also allowed you to like hone your craft and allowed you to like dip your fingers into things that you were interested in as well that wasn't just specifically yoga you know like yeah. I, you finished school and yeah. then you are you know working towards the goal that you want, and I think that's really awesome too. So that's also the universe working, yeah. You know?
0: I, yeah, I speak about it a bunch, and it's not, I have to word it correctly. It's not like I'm saying I'm glad the pandemic came, obviously, but you know, it kind of was a catalyst and kind of like catapulted me to do some things that I was hesitant about, like leaving the bartending job. Like I didn't want to be there anymore, but I was doing it because I was still making money and it allowed me to do other things. But with COVID, it was like, not anymore. And then with the yoga studio, I mean, I loved it, but it also was at that time taking away from like some of my schooling and some of my, you know, nutrition, uh, my nutrition school and just like my nutrition goals that I wanted to do as far as like counseling and coaching. Yeah. So So when I had to, when I stopped the studio, I was able to focus more on that, not just the school, but also like building that part of my business. So, right. you know, it happened for a reason and I wanna incorporate the yoga back into it, but you know, it allowed me to finish school. I mean, I was gonna finish school, but then I got to study for my my certification exam and I passed that and now I'm working on my hours. And yeah, it, it seems it's, I mean, today's March 6th right now, obviously this is gonna air in a few days, but it was almost a year ago where everything like literally shut down. Yeah. Like literally, yeah. I remember like getting an email from my my co-workers in the city and they were like, it's over. Like we're shutting yeah. down. And that's when like the whole world kind of shut down.
1: Which is crazy. And I think like was if your uh, podcast, this podcast would be reignited or ignited. Yeah. Happened. And I was just listening to um, another one where you were talking to your friend who worked with you in the city. Yeah. Um, an actor now. Yeah. And Frank. Like yeah. Yeah much like about you even though like we're friends and we yeah. talked and like a relationship it was just like I didn't know that you catered I knew that you were bartending yeah. that you taught in the school but I didn't know your catering stories and like how you guys had to change in the closet and
0: oh you, yeah
1: like and stuff like that it was
0: yeah I look back on that and I mentioned it in the in the podcast that I don't miss the catering I miss the camaraderie that's what I miss yeah. a lot about the bartending is the camaraderie with the other bartenders and just meeting people and like just like when you bartend it's is if you haven't been a bartender it's hard to re- relate but it's like this like fraternity or sorority if you're a man or woman or whatever like it's just like this pack of people that you're like sometimes when you're working late nights and you're doing crazy stuff like changing in a closet or you're doing crazy crazy stuff like just the the what the client wants and and i i'm not gonna get into that but you start to forge these bonds with people because you feel like you're going through like hell week, or you're going through like this, like hazing sometimes, even though you're working. So yeah, I really missed that. And I missed the energy of the city when I was there visiting. I mean, I live upstate now, obviously, but I missed that, that energy that I could go to and experience for a few days and then kind of leave, you know? Right. Um, and I
1: think for school, like it's definitely a similar situation because you were always being stimulated by something happening at school, yeah. whether it was a club or like being after school working um, towards color wars or pep band at the basketball games or whatever it was. Like mm-hmm. I had some type of creative outlet that I could just v- escape to whenever I needed to. Yeah. And it just feels like there's it, something is missing and I don't feel like I'm, I'm getting anything. And I miss my friends and I miss talking to people and I miss seeing people in person, even though like this time has taught me that I need to like take a break when I, when I feel too mm-hmm. um, which I'm grateful for. And I know going forward that that's something that I have to work on, but it's just, I miss it still every day.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a real, it's a valid feeling. You're allowed to have those feelings of, of missing people. I th- also think that this time has really shined a light on people as far as their, their willingness and their ability to, sit with themselves and be alone, not not always be lonely, because there's a difference between being lonely and being alone. Like we have to understand that it's okay to be alone. And to be alone with ourselves isn't always a bad thing. But this has just forced a lot of people to be alone when they are not ready to be alone, or they're not used to being alone. So it's overwhelming.
1: Yeah, for sure. And also just like being able to sit with our problems as a nation, and our problems globally, like yeah. Lives matter protests and realizing how much discrimination there is against asian Americans yeah. especially in, like times of covid and stuff like that and it's just like well these things have been going on for a long time and I think that it was so important that like we came together as a nation to raise our you know people of colors voices um and I know that you know we were in a protest together here in liberty mm-hmm. yeah and it's just would that have happened if covid, wasn't happening we just you know are we really happy or are we really just distracted um are we really like woke quote unquote woke or distracted
0: yeah i it's like sometimes it's you could say it's like the chicken or the egg which came first you know it's like what would people have invested their energy and time into it if if this didn't happen you don't know but it's tough to look back and say would it be different because we can't go back and change what already happened so it all happened the way it was supposed to but yeah it definitely highlighted a lot of things that were there already you know with you know police brutality and you know income inequality and even you know um food insecurity um how like a majority of americans live paycheck to paycheck and have like no money in their savings account how you know, having a job that's maybe $15 an hour, even a minimum wage job can't feed a family, even if you work 40, 50 hours a week, you know, and people wanted to believe it. They are, they thought they believed it, but until it was like at their front door or like, you know, their next door neighbor, because right. I still think people still don't realize it until it hits home, like until it hits them or some, one of their friends or their neighbors, same thing with COVID. Like, uh, a lot of people believe it's a hoax and yeah, it's not real and, uh I mean, I I don't know if you know, I had it. I already had it.
1: Yeah. Podcast um, I was listening
0: Yeah. So um it's definitely real. Um, it affects people differently, obviously. And depending on your um, I guess your health and what's going on with you, which is another thing that they're still not talking about, is like a lot of Americans are overweight and obese and yeah. and comorbidities and you know, they diabetes and high blood pressure and you know, all this stuff. But um, but yeah, like it didn't really affect me that bad at all. But I could see how it would affect somebody else that maybe was compromised, you know. Yeah. And it's, it is real. It's just, it's real. And, and 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 I don't know, people. I don't get how people think that it's not. It's it's I I that kind of like baffles my mind. That yeah,
1: and like we're also seeing the disparity in the healthcare system. Like oh, yeah,
0: yeah. How
1: People are afraid to go and get help because mm-hmm. status or their income mm-hmm. or. The case may be will they be discriminated against because of their race mm-hmm. um it's very time for them and then just to see like there's bodies piling up at the side of the road or inside of the back of a truck and it's just like if that was my family member like how would i feel about that and it's just it's so scary and i'm so lucky that you know my my family hasn't really been super affected by covid um but we're also very like we're very careful and we're trying to yeah. and but you know, it's just a very scary time in America and around the world. And and I really am so sad for all of the families who have lost someone or, you know, yeah. some job or like they started going on a binging, like they started drinking again or they started doing drugs again. And it's just very, like, very sad.
0: Yeah. And that's another thing, too, is the whole, you know you brought up the point like drinking and like addiction and, and it goes with mental health, but people having, you know, being alone with themselves and and I spoke about it with my friend Frank on the last podcast, you know, that's why liquor stores stayed open, you know, yeah. it was deemed essential because people aren't ready to, or some people aren't ready to be alone with themselves. So the best way that they could be alone with themselves is to medicate, self-medicate and to escape yeah. because sometimes it sucks to feel like it sucks to feel your feelings and you want to, escape as quickly as possible. And yeah. when you can't, you know, what are you gonna do? You know, you're gonna you're gonna either deal with it or you're gonna escape it, which is just a temporary solution. And right. I've seen it from a lot of people, like a lot of friends, you know, posting their stories and stuff like that of like day drinking. And don't get me wrong, like I'm not gonna judge anybody, but um, because people, you know, sometimes they just they want to drink, they can have a drink. I personally don't, but they want one. That's fine. But um It's just very interesting that, you know, those types of uh those types of um of stores stayed open. They were deemed essential.
1: Yeah. And I think in terms of mental health and like sitting with yourself, like a lot of the feelings that I had felt when I was younger, because in middle school was really difficult time for me. Mm -hmm. Um, like sixth, seventh grade, I was getting bullied by this group of people and it was like they would leave notes in my locker. And it was just like very and social media was just starting. And so like there would be these fake accounts on kick. I don't even know if you remember or. Oh uh,
0: yeah. I remember kick.
1: But they would like make fake accounts and text me uh, like a bunch of different things. And I ended up, um you know, in the hospital for self-harm and, you know, going through like three different types of therapists and social workers. And, you know, I went through like a very scary time, I think for, for me, but also mm-hmm. my, about me, my family was worried about me. And so just feeling that, isolation again that I felt back then is just, it's hard. And so, you know, I find myself now I'm a senior, six years later, six like class grades later. It's like, I'm feeling that again, but am I really feeling like that or yeah. is it just the that I've made with isolation? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been very confusing, um, especially for someone that's like growing into the world. And it's a yeah. very I'm for us to like even be thinking about our future because I think there's so many of us at least the people that I talk to as 17 year olds we're questioning do we even want kids like yeah. is it the right thing to bring kids into this world right now yeah. or the way that the world is going is it the right thing and at 17 years old should we really be thinking about that
0: no you shouldn't it's it's a very much a I don't want to say like adult problem but it's very much a later on in life problem not a 17 year old problem like something that you should be thinking about i mean i think about that now too because i don't have kids and i i in my head i want kids um Mm. but if it's not in the cards it's not in the cards but i do but yeah you you wonder like bringing a child into the world right now it's scary not just with covid but with just like you know the income inequality like student like debt and and just like a lot of the social unrest and 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 racial unrest and racial inequality, it's just like so many things. Yeah. You know, it's tough. It's really tough to 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 be like, I wanna bring a child into this world and not saying they're gonna be exposed to it and you do your best to try to raise them right, but they're eventually gonna be exposed to certain things. And you I don't know, it's just it's a very tough decision to make. Right. And I could see why people are like very hesitant about it.
1: Yeah. It's like, you want to protect them. So you, you want to yeah.
0: do all the. Exactly. Uh, and I remember it was, I forgot who it was. I think it was like AOC or somebody, I think it was her who said mm-hmm. something that, uh, along those lines that not everybody wants to. And then a lot mm-hmm. of these pro-life people were like, you're telling people not to have children. It's like, no, it's not like you're telling people not to have children, but you know, more and more people are just a little more hesitant and a little more um, reserved about just like willy nilly saying they're going to have kids because they need to think about a lot more factors, you know? Yeah. It's not cheap. I- either. <laughs>
1: Sure. And I think so many of us are thinking about like the effects of global warming, mm-hmm. and all of this stuff and things that are happening, you know, in Texas and how much uh, CO2 emissions decrease because of COVID and how has it affected the world? You know, people were saying like the water is clear in Venice because yeah. they're like all of this stuff. And it's just like, okay, we're working towards cleaner energy, which is a great thing, <clears throat> but what's going to happen if we don't make changes fast, because we don't really have as much time as, you know, people are saying that we do. And I think the younger generation, you know, those who were facilitating those Black Lives Matter protests, and the young generation of people, because we have access to so much information via social media, it's, you know, it's easy for us to, to get exposed to that. But it's also very scary for us to just be like, overwhelmed with that amount of information. Well, yeah,
0: because you have people that are, you know, one or two generations older than you making decisions that are not gonna really affect them, they're gonna affect you. And they don't yeah. They don't really see the, they don't see the uh, possible effects of, of their decisions. They, you know, they think of right now, a lot of things with global warming is, it, because it happens over time, you know, it's not really like a catastrophic event. I mean, obviously like hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes are catastrophic events, but you know, like slowly, like water is, I mean, the water levels are rising, ice caps are melting, it's not happening like in like fast motion. So people don't really take stock in it. But it's definitely I, 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 don't, I don't see how people to this day could see that it's not real. You know, they can yeah. see.
1: like you were saying, like people don't understand something until it affects them. Yeah. And I think it goes to show like, the food that you eat also, like it affects you. Uh-huh. And it affects your entire body and like asking them that question, kind of like with my food journey, like, would you kill your pet to eat it just because you like the way that they taste and, you know, like posing that question to them. And I don't think that they're going to understand the effects of global warming until something like what happened in Texas happens to those people.
0: Yeah. You know what
1: I mean? It's very sad. And it's, you know, it's a crisis and we have to help them. But I think it's also shown America, like, Hey, wake up like it's we, happening here. Like you're, are you paying attention because it's going to happen again and it could happen to you.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, you would hope that people in Texas, especially would see that they uh, the representatives, you know, that are, that are there aren't really representing them. Well, you know, there's, mm. I, I don't have to name his name, but you know, one of them, you know, going to Cancun and then blaming it on his children, which is even worse. Like that's even worse. You're like throwing your children under the bus. It's right. I mean, but that just goes to show that when, when, Shit hits the fan like they're ready to run because they have the ability to and a lot of those people in texas didn't have the ability to because you know they didn't they have the the funds to just fly away somewhere you know people were getting people were getting um electric bills in like the like the fifteen fifteen thousand dollar range you know yeah
1: and as younger generations looking at you know adults who are in charge or who are in office right now, it's just like, why are you there? Like, why, literally, why are you there if you're not going to be for the people and rule for the people and not for yourself? I think it's very corrupt, and I think a lot of young people are seeing it. Um, like me personally, I'm going to study political science. Like, I want to make a mm. difference for people in a large scale. And AOC has been a huge, you know, person for me to look up to, just because like I see someone that I. I trust and someone that I want to be like, and I don't want to fly and try and escape to Cancun when times get tough. Like I want someone that stays um, here with me and is helping me and helping the people in the city and like putting like the money where their mouth is and like following up on what they're saying. And I just think it's very, very sad, but I think we want to make a difference and we're disappointed in the older generations for the way that they're acting. And change is coming and it's coming
0: fast yeah uh, yeah i agree with that you know people a lot of people like the generation older than me i mean i'm like in the between i forgot like i'm considered a millennial but then there's like a micro generation whatever it is but they look like people from the generation older than me look at the millennials and then i don't know what are you gen z
1: yeah
0: (laughs) that that you know like lazy and you know uh i don't know misinformed or like you know arrogant and um I don't know, like, too sensitive, but it's, it's because we have, we, we, we've caught on to the game, like Mm -hmm. what's been going on, and they're being called out. And when they're, when someone's called out, they get defensive, and they, you know, try to lash out. But, you know, the amount of stuff that your generation has been able to, like, um, to uh, facilitate, you know, with, like, I was talking with my friend about, like, the TikTok thing with, with Trump and the the rally, or whatever, like, the the proud boys hashtag, where, like, you know, all like the LGBTQ community, like took it over. Those are just like small ways of how social media can be used for the good. And your generation is very good at that. And, and it's, it's going to change the world. And the people that are above me and a little bit older are grasping at straws, you know, they're grasping at whatever they can to try to hold on to this old idea, this old world mentality, but things are shifting. Like, you know, the everybody, like the world and at least America is getting more and more Mixed like not everybody's white. There's going to be a lot more like brown, black, yellow, red. Like it's going to be all. It's going to be more of a melting pot. And right they, a lot of them or some of them feel like they're losing their country. But you know, for them to say it was their country in the first place is is in my mind like I I just I don't get it.
1: You yeah, know? the star thing. I don't remember which podcast it was, but um, you were saying that someone didn't like who lived in a certain part of the United States had never seen a black person before. Yeah, and like that blows my mind yeah. and it's are there still areas of america that are like blatantly racist like that that people don't want to live in that area because of it or what like what is it that our communities are mixed because the only way that we're ever going to be able to show kindness towards others is if we learn how they are yeah and like connect with them and and help them because if we're secluded like that and it, it's just going to continue on this this reign of white supremacy that's going over America right now.
0: Yeah, and even though we've grown up in the same town, in a small town upstate, I it would be safe. I mean, I I would say that, and I've said it before. We've grown up with you know a, di- a very diverse group of people. You know, it's, it's more diverse now than it was with me. But when I was growing up, I was exposed to, I wouldn't say all religions, but you know several religions and all races pretty much. You know. Um, I wasn't exposed as much to LGBTQ because when I was in high school, that wasn't wasn't really talked about. Looking back, you can see that which kids were possibly LGBTQ, you know, either gay, lesbian, bisexual. Um, And we didn't we didn't know at the time and we didn't put labels on it because we just didn't we didn't know. But I feel like that set me up for being more understanding and more empathetic for everyone. You know, and mm-hmm. even though we're from a small town, but there's people that are from small towns in America, a lot of times, you know, the, the landlocked, you know, like not the coasts, like, you know, in certain city, uh, cities and states in, in the Midwest that they're right. very secluded. They're very secluded. And it's not that like black people or people of color don't want to live there. It's just like, there's no one there. So why would they? Because, you know, you would, you'd want to go somewhere where you, where you feel a sense of community.
1: Right. You know, and so. I can- one time in my life that I really learned that was summer of 2019. I was able to go to Austria as an exchange student. And, and then I would have an exchange student come live with me for a month. But like me being over there and talking to the students that were my age and like going to school with them for a few days and just like hanging out and just seeing how they lived there, their way of life. Um, And it was so interesting because the majority of them were either vegetarian or vegan mm-hmm. and they're 15, 16 year olds. And I'm just like, I've never heard that before. Like, please tell me more about it. And the only way that I was, and now I'm vegan, right. Mm -hmm. Um, 2020 I started going vegan and it's just, it's very like, if I had never had that experience outside of my own community, I don't think that I ever would have necessarily taken that change that I feel passionately about now.
0: Yeah. And it's the exposure. I'm I'm glad that I was able to get out of, you know, my town after high school, I went to college upstate, but then after that, I went to LA and then I lived in the city, but I also traveled all over because you can have these mindsets about people and then you go there and it's totally different. I, you know, people would talk about when I went to Israel, before I went to Israel, that, you know, they're in constant conflict and there is a lot of conflict uh, there. And when you're there, you know, that there's like a war going on because you see, you know, military like with guns and they have checkpoints, but a lot of people that I met were just happy go lucky people like Arabic and, and Israeli, you know, Muslim and, you know, Jew- Jewish, like they all seem, and, and it's so funny over there. Like everybody looks the same. You won't even tell if someone's like Palestinian or someone's Israeli or someone's like from Syria, like they, everyone looks Middle Eastern, you know, a lot of them, but you know, going over there and being exposed to it, you know, you get a different perspective than what you get from reading in a book or listening to the news or, you know, whatever it is like, to go over there and to be exposed to it, it changes your whole perspective on, on life. And hopefully more people will be able to do that. You know, sometimes it's not financially possible, you know, mm-hmm. um, right. I, I know some people that haven't left this County, you know, or left New York state, you know, right. that's,
1: that goes back to the living wage again. Yeah. And- yeah you know, what's not here in our community like i had just heard um cuz i'm a student board member for the school and i think someone was saying how the county next to us is getting like three times the amount of vaccines even though we have the higher need for it in our county and like why aren't we getting them if we need it more than they do like if the need is greater here why can't we have them is it because we're one of the poorest counties in new york state is it because of how many people like our are, are racial numbers in Sullivan County. Like what yeah. what is and it's just how many people in our area are just being bogged down by this entire just like number one poverty and you know racial injustices and how many of them are stuck in that loop and just feel like they can't get out just because of how our, our community is. And I think like when your yoga studio came in and you know there's a bunch of different things that have like tried to start up like there's a new bakery. Um, and liberty. and it's just like these are the things that our community needs. And mm-hmm. this is what I love about it. And it was like the first step, and I think that now we're get, like a little bit of a setback because of the pandemic, but I'm hopeful for our community. and you know those were the first steps. And you're also the first people that are gonna fall off the map when something bad happens because you know you have your own grind aside from like a big company or yeah. from a big business that's been here for thirty years, forty years. Which is yeah. sad, I need you here.
0: Yeah, I, I was it was it was tough because I was very much invested in it and I wanted it to be, you know, a a spark for the community. Literally like a new breath was you know, like a new breath, not just for like every breath you take, but a new breath for the community, like right. to to for change and to get it to move into a new era, whatever it is, and like kind of like start this, you know, trajectory going up and, and just like expanding and making this this town this main street you know what it used to be a long time ago and you have to set back it sucks but I, I I'm still hopeful you know I, I I haven't given up hope I mean that's one of the reasons why or the main reason why when I did have the studio I put it in in Liberty because people told me to put it in other towns and I said why would I like I grew up in Liberty I want it like right here I want the people in my town to be able to benefit from it and it could be benefited from people in Sullivan County and as a whole or Orange County whatever but I wanted it to be as easily accessible for people in this town that could walk there if they had to, because it was right on Main Street. And I just feel like everybody who wants to put a business there should be supported as much as possible. I mean, there was a lot of um, ins and outs, but uh, not ins and outs. There's a lot of it's complicated a little bit, but you know, having the studio and then having to leave it. You know, there was some financial things, there were some business things that I don't want to talk about because you know, there were were other people that were involved and, you know, other, everybody has their own side of the story, but it just didn't seem like I was fully supported. And even when there was the pandemic, I was, you know, I was expected to pay. And I was like, I legit have a storefront here. And like, even if it's not open right now, it makes it look a little bit better than a boarded up building or like a building that's just completely empty and you can see it. And it was tough, but you know, I'm, I'm a big believer of, not just everything happens for a reason, but that I always, I bounce back. Like I've had struggles in my life. People know that, you know, I went through addiction. I went through other hardships. You know, some hardships were out of my control. Some hardships were self-sabotage and I did it to myself, but regardless, I found a way to bounce back and come back stronger and better. And that's just my motto. It's like, what's the point of complaining? Like, don't be problem-based, be solution-based, you know? Like, look at the, what's the solution? Yeah. How, do, how can I help myself or how can I help you? And let's start there.
1: Yes, oh my, I've been seeing that so many places and how so many, like, like, I'm not trying to be rude, but like people of your generation and like people older than that, they all, are always saying, well, this is what the problem is, or this is not working for us. Like we, okay, it's not working. Well, great we've acknowledged it but like what are we gonna do to fix it and how are we gonna get like keep moving forward yeah uh, I think there's just not enough of that like solution based mindset so we are no, stuck yeah. in this place well, yeah in-
0: and 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 the thing is it's because we live like starting from the top we live in a very um reactive society where something has to happen and then you react instead of being proactive same thing you can go back to the health you know people aren't eating well so Now that, you know, we have this pandemic and I I understand the vaccine, but we could have limited the hospitalizations if people were just eating better, you know, and I'm not saying going vegan, I'm, I'm, I'm vegan plant-based myself, but I'm not saying it's for everybody, but, you know, put down the hamburger, you know, have it maybe once a month. And, Mm. you know, I, I understand that making that full transition is tough sometimes, and it's not in people's nature and they didn't need to be slowly introduced, but yeah, like just eat more plants and vegetables, eat more fruit like it's and and that wouldn't happen but we live in such a society where we wait for something to get to the point where it's like fuck yeah. like there's no return and yeah. then we have to like be reactive and that's that's no way to live but I don't live like that you know and I'm sure you don't and other people don't but as a society sometimes and, and government definitely federal and then when you get down to the local government a lot of it's reactive instead of being proactive but I see there's I see things going on here You know, I've been in a few Zoom meetings for like Sullivan 180 Mm -hmm. and like trying to bring some wellness into the, and other programs into the schools and into the community. So there are people that want to do things, but then it just boils down to not just manpower, but also money, you know?
1: (laughs) And I think that's, it's just like, why, like a lot of the meats in our supermarket are really cheap compared to the organic aisle when we just want to buy a, a dough For our pizza that we want to make and it's eight bucks and it's just like okay but like why why is it so expensive for for us to try and eat and I know that like a lot of people will say like oh I can't I can't do this like I can't be vegan I can't be vegetarian it's too expensive like I can't make that switch because of the finances but it's just like there are ways for you to just like change that one meal out of your week like just once a week and You know, have those fruits and vegetables, like make a salad, uh, take inspo from Kyle's Instagram, (laughs) rainbow salad, just like every Sunday or, you know, every little thing makes a difference. And I think that if people were putting into their bodies what they, what they, what makes them feel good, I think they would be able to radiate better energy. And I think it could change our world, but I'm a big believer in like doing what's best for your body. For some people, it's like, that's not necessarily healthy for you mm-hmm. if you're like switching up like immediately or whatever, but yeah, like do what feel good.
0: Yeah. And and listen to your body because like you said, like those switches, they don't have to be expensive. I just thought of it when you were talking, you know, I, I mean, obviously for me and maybe you, uh, one of my staples is to have quinoa. You could buy mm-hmm. a 10 pound bag of quinoa for like 30 bucks on Amazon and it's organic and that can last you a long time. It lasts me a long time. And I eat quinoa like almost every day in my salad. So mm-hmm. you're telling me, you can't have quinoa and then you could buy broccoli. And even if some of the fruits and vegetables aren't organic, at least mm-hmm. you are not you know, you're having a whopper or processed food. Like it's a whole food. And then yeah. maybe eventually you can, but you know, you you try to just slowly incorporate things. Oh, you're having like Eggo waffles for breakfast every day, have yogurt. You know, if you, yeah. and if you don't want to be full vegan, have yogurt, have yogurt with, some, with a banana. It's mm-hmm. the thing is people like you were, when you were just saying that people are so focused on the problem. Or I can't do this, I can't do that. It's like, no, you can. You just have to be, you know, stuck in the solution, not stuck in the problem.
1: You know, and open and, yeah. yeah. And open to I, it. There's such a stigma right now around um people who are vegan or vegetarian and they're just like very militant and they're very aggressive. But that's I think when I started veganism, I was very aggressive. And I'm still like working on it with my family because I just feel like you're my family. You should understand this. Like you should, you should change right now. And like yeah, it's,
0: t- it's not easy.
1: But like when I'm talking with other people about like my choices and like the food that we're putting into our body and how we're disconnected from, you know, the, the food on our plate and we don't think about where it comes from. It's just like, I'm, I think I'm a little bit more, uh, less aggressive. Yeah. I was just like more understanding, but I, I, I do see that there are people who are militant, militant, quote unquote, vegan who are like that with everyone. Mm -hmm. And I that it's going to help no
0: like, it's, it's you at all it's not and i that's one of the reasons why i kind of shy away sometimes from saying vegan because it carries a lot of it sounds like an aggressive word now yeah. like when you say you're vegan people are like like they'll like either be they'll say something along the lines of oh i only eat like this much meat or or and then they'll they'll pull back a little bit and they're, they're waiting for you to like pounce on them so that's right. why sometimes i say plant-based um but yeah it's tough because you know i try to get my family they do eat sometimes vegan, but. You know, people are gonna, they're gonna do what they wanna do. And it's, and, and as much as you want someone to change, it's never gonna work unless they want to. I did a podcast a while back and it's from my recovery days, but it's also means for everything. You know, you can carry the message, you can't carry the person. Like you can carry that message of this is healthier, this is better for you. But if that person doesn't wanna change, then you're just like, you're you're wasting air. It's, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't stop caring. But once you say something, if they don't follow it, you can't take it personally. know,
1: Right. And I think yeah, people are aggressive and saying like, you need to be eating this way. People are less receptive to that and they're not going to change. And I think one thing that I've learned is like, even just through my Instagram stories, like a lot, the majority of the people in my class and in grades below me, like they follow me and they, they watch my stories. And so even if I post that one thing about being vegan and it like plants the seed for them, they're like, oh, wow. That's where my food comes from. And that's what I'm putting into my body. So maybe next time when they're having a meal, you know, they think about it and maybe they want to try one day a week veg or two days a week veg yeah. or like whatever it is. And that's where the change is going to come from.
0: Yeah, because there are a lot of people are, they, it's overwhelming to them to like think about, oh, I'm going to have to change my entire diet. But just like you did and just like I did, I didn't wake up one day and say I'm going to be vegan. You know, I stopped red meat like 12 something years ago when I got clean. And then, you know, at the time, I don't know if I ever told you how it went down, but when I was with my ex-girlfriend a while back, um, mm-hmm. she went to India and I, she was stopping like, no she was like, there was like no more fish, no no meat, no animal product, like dairy, mm-hmm. but no like fish, chicken or, or uh, beef. So I was like, I'll do it with you while you're gone, like as a, you know, solidarity. And when she came back, she was like, I don't I don't really feel comfortable eating meat. So I was like, okay, well, if we're going to be together, like, let's just kind of keep this going on. Yeah. And it also goes to show a little bit, and I was talking to somebody about it yesterday, that, you know, when you start to raise your vibrations and your frequency, especially with yoga and meditation and living a different lifestyle, some of those lower vibration foods, which is actually scientifically proven, you can look it up as far as like what foods have energy in it. Some of the lower Mm. vibration foods are the animal-based products. So Mm. they don't vibe with you anymore because you're at a certain level like vibration-wise and this food you're gonna put in your body is lower. Your body doesn't want it. Your body does not need it.
1: And it's because like, I think it was the first podcast you did with a guest, um, but she was talking about how the way that animals are killed, like that residual stench Mm -hmm. in in the meat itself. And so when you're taking that into your body, you're feeling that yourself. So is that what you really want to be putting into your body? And I think that I have actually a really funny story. So I went vegan, uh, sorry, vegetarian six months ago. So I did like weaning myself off of like meats for six months and the um, six months of like weaning myself off of dairy and eggs and whatever the the rest of the animal products were. But after I stopped eating meat altogether, I went on a vacation um, and I hadn't been eating meat for like two or three months. And I was yeah. like, but this is my favorite restaurant. I really just like want to have like one last meal there because, you know, we drove a yeah. so big distance. And I was just like, I really want this to be my last time, whatever. Yeah. And I was excited to just try it and like savor it and whatever. So I it was like a chicken restaurant. It was like a fish fry restaurant. Yeah. And they saw chicken and shrimp and fish, obviously. And so I got my plate of chicken and french fries yeah. and shrimp and i was sitting at the park bench like eating it and i was just like feeling the meat like in my and it was just like i don't want to eat this and it felt so disgusting even though i loved this restaurant when i was younger like this whole mentality of just like i can't i and i think that's the words we need to be using like i'm choosing not to like i choose not to eat this i i can if i want to but i'm choosing not to and i think that is a huge thing um because people are saying like oh i can't eat that i can't eat that well you can but you're choosing not to and it's that choice yeah that's the most important
0: yeah really like that that whole thing about can and can't i'm not a big fan of that so for my recovery just a quick side note when people are like oh you can't drink for the rest of your life it's like no i can i choose not to it's a choice every time you put something into your mouth put something in your body do anything that involves you it's a choice yeah and you're you know willingly and you know consciously making that decision and if you're consciously making that decision to eat you know animal based products or meat and you feel some type of way then you need to understand why and some people don't listen mm-hmm. to their body they they don't think about why they feel like crap or why they feel this way it might be because you're ingesting something that if it's like meat that was slaughtered and not mm-hmm. i mean i it's tough for me to get a, to get um to get around to wrap my head around the whole like humanely killed because like I don't yeah. know. How, it's like an oxymoron, you know. Yeah. There's there's places in I forgot where, like farms, where they kind of whisper into the the the, yeah. the ear, saying it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay.
1: Or they'll play classical music in like the pig slaughtering places yeah. so that the hear the animal Yeah,
0: but the thing is, yeah, that might be all fine and dandy for the consumer to think that the animals are killed humanely, but the animal still knows that they're about to die. No matter if there's classic music playing, rap music, or like, yeah. I don't know, like folk tunes. It doesn't matter. They know. And it's it's just, it's tough. And I don't know, it, I, I try to impart my wisdom on people and I try not to be too, uh, too like like you said, militant or too aggressive mm-hmm. or overbearing. I right. just know what has worked for me. And these are my experiences. Just like if you're telling somebody about it, you're telling them about your lived experiences. Doesn't mean it has to be their truth, but it's your truth. And you just want to try to help that's as simple as, as you can put it, but some people
1: view
0: that help as judgment, you know? Yeah. They they think you're, they think that because you're telling them or, or not telling them, but, you know, advising them maybe to switch this and this, that what they're doing now is wrong and they need to be doing something differently, you know, and it's not always the case.
1: Yeah. I like watching, um, earthling ed videos of when he's like, trying to talk to uh, someone who works in a slaughterhouse about like, are you really understanding <clears throat> like what you're doing? And sometimes like the people that are working there don't even have like the answers to what he's trying yeah. to say. Like, if you can't really answer your, your own que- like the yeah. questions you're like, should you really be doing the things that you're doing? Yeah. Um. So that's how I feel about it. Um. But again, I'm, I just want <clears throat> to, my thing is like, I just want to plant the seed for someone. And if that changes their life in 10, 15 years, I think that would be the biggest, you know, the biggest success for me. It just would make me so happy.
0: Yeah. It's, and it's not, you, like you said earlier, planting a seed and 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 not, you know, something's not always going to come to, to lighter fruition, like right away but just, you know, allowing somebody to see that there's another way to live or another way to eat or another way to exist, you know, yeah. my, and that's how I felt like when I was a teacher, you know, you know, they always ask, there's always this like, you have to be able to like show your results to students like right away. And it's like, some students won't understand what you told them or the wisdom you've like imparted on them until they're like, mm-hmm. you know, 22, 23, they'll be like, oh my God, like this teacher or that teacher said this, mm-hmm. or this is how they helped me. And like, wow, they were re- like, you know, it's about planting seeds and and it's not always like a, an immediate impact, you know, Mm -hmm. but all you can do is just stand firm in your truth and, and, and and speak from the heart about what you believe in and what you find passionate. That's why I continue to do what I'm doing because I'm very passionate about it. You know, I'm very passionate to, to help.
1: Right. And I think, in the smaller communities like the ones that are in Sullivan County and however many Sullivan counties there are throughout the nation, like small like we are and racially diverse and maybe mm-hmm. not so prominent. It's just like we like being the only, as far as I know, the only vegan student in my school. It's just like that's a big deal yeah. because it's here now. And you know, having our first yoga studio in Liberty, that's a big deal because it's here now and we're and we're seeing it. Um and we're exposing our community to that and i think that's so important because these are the communities that you know need that i think a little bit more and just because how many of us are not going to be able to get out of Sullivan county for whatever yeah. reason
0: yeah and that's a thing too uh there shouldn't be a reason to mm-hmm. leave Sullivan county but when i was growing up there was because there was nothing here for us as far as you know career-wise and you know that that needs to change too and i think you know back when um when things were open we had this uh group together for like the i was it's uh it was like for the downtown re-evital, I, re revitalization something like re i can't I always get messed up on that word what, revitalization I, downtown revitalization <laughs> initiative where we we're trying to like you know revitalize downtown and get things going and you know introduce new businesses because you want kids to to want to stay and 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 you know, have jobs here and not just, you know, as a, and this isn't wrong as like a garbage man or, um, you know, a CEO or a cop or a firefighter, we need those, but you know, there should be other jobs and just like uh, state jobs and city jobs and town jobs. You know, there should be other, other opportunities for people to want to stay and want to have a family here.
1: Right. And the overall vibe of our community, like I know, right. Like when I was, there was a few teachers that I had talked to that said they won't even walk on main street in Liberty. And I'm just like, Really? these are the streets that your students walk to to get here to you and you teach them and you're afraid to walk on the same streets as them and it's just like the overall vibe of our community i just feel like with those projects and everything is going to make our community feel just a little bit more homey and a little less scary for those people who are afraid like well they're
0: they're afraid it's and i i remember because when i was growing up we never mm -hmm. thought that at all like we I'd walk, we'd walk the streets sometimes at night. If there was like a huge snowstorm at like one o'clock in the morning, we just like walk through Liberty because there'd be no one there. And I think now it's just, you have to be a little more conscious of your surroundings but at the same time, it's because there's this disconnect, not just from the pandemic, but in general, because of, you know, people don't know their neighbors and, you know, Mm -hmm. understanding that Liberty is now more than 50% uh, Hispanic too and bringing everybody into the fold and, and understanding you know and to be honest a lot of those families here are like build, buying houses and built and redoing them yeah. and making them look nice because a lot of houses in, in liberty are run down and like that's amazing like you want that you want people to come here with their families work hard you know be a part of the community like what else mm-hmm. would you want you know and be a, and be a productive member and like actually help the community grow I don't care yeah. what you are <laughs> as long as you have like that that mentality of 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 community and, and helping your neighbor and just being there for each other, no matter what you are, that's what I want. You know?
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: And I think people hopefully will start coming around to that. That we need the we need your generation. We need like the younger kids to like
1: not we your need mom. Ev- well,
0: yeah, we need- but we need, we need everyone, correct? But we also like need some of your generation to like kick your. Uh, I don't not your mom because your mom's cool, but like their <laughs> like parents and stuff to like you know get them out there and get them like their minds wrapped around things because there's their strength in numbers and it has to start somewhere. And I feel like some people are are complacent that are older as well. Cause like this is, it is what it is. And you guys Mm -hmm. are like, but we don't want it the way it is. Like we want change. Right. And
1: in the school specifically, I think, and we just saw this this year during the pandemic, a few weeks ago, um, our GSA, which is the gay straight Alliance in our school we able to hold um, like a meeting with the entire faculty, um, elementary school, middle school and high school, all teachers and staff about um, like the use of pronouns and understanding gender and how to make your classroom a safe space. And like, I've been in the Gay-Straight Alliance since my 10th grade year. And this is something that we have been planning um you know to try and get in and like work with administration and stuff like that and it's just like wow this is something that they've never been taught before not in like their colleges not in any of their yeah. like uh trainings thus far like obviously like be nice to everyone no bullying but like do you understand what the pronoun means and how yeah. do you like talk to someone when you don't like how do you approach someone and ask them what their pronouns are if you're not sure and how do you make your classroom a safe space and i think that was so incredible because mm-hmm. they had great questions like what happens if i have a student that doesn't necessarily like for example isn't doesn't necessarily identify as male um but needs to change for gym class and you know it's not fair that you know they go to the nurse's office and change in the nurse's office because then they're just seen as different and stuff like that and it's just like these are the questions that should have been had many many years ago but it's a good first step that we're starting here now
0: yeah people are well because you guys and a lot of and a lot of your age and a little bit older are are like not taking any shit anymore, and they're like, you know, this is kind of like we're we're tired of being, you know, uh, marginalized and pushed to the side. I mean, mm. to be completely honest, I I still not not struggle, but you know, when I was bartending, we'd have like a lot of like um, gay and lesbian events, transgender events, and sometimes they come up to the bar, and I'd be like, "What can I get for you, bro?" or something like that, and they'd be like, "Bro," and I'd be like. Just tell me what you want me to call. Like, I don't know. Like if I'm not informed, then how can I know? So it's about being informed and understanding. Like I remember me and you, when we did that li- middle school, uh, yeah. um, there was another vendor next to me and they went by they. I didn't know yeah. that, you know? And it's not me being disrespectful. It's just, and, or ignorant, just being misinformed. I need to be informed so that I can know moving forward. And it's funny because me and uh, a friend of mine were looking up, uh, there's 64 apparently sexual orientations now. Mm-hmm. I was like, ho- like I'm not like laughing at it, but I was like, holy shit. I'm like, there's like so many, there's like, I'm like, it's just a lot. And it's, it, but but it's not something to laugh at or balk at or to like dismiss. It's something to take seriously because some people identify as that. And some people also want to be called he or him or she or her or they and them. Like, and you should respect that, you know, yeah. you might get it wrong the first time, but that other person should allow you to make that mistake and then inform you so that you don't make it moving forward. But it's about Mm -hmm. the information. And a lot of people older don't really know it because a lot of that stuff was just swept under the rug. And we're not- Yeah, there's been gay, lesbian, there's been transgendered, there's been all that, you know, for Mm -hmm. many, many years. I mean, gay, lesbian has been like, I mean, in the Roman times, there was like soldiers who would do things that, you know, like, it's just, it's been there. It's just been kind of swept under the rug as, as taboo.
1: And I think that it's also down to education as well. Like yeah. we're not thought about the history between like the Stonewall riots and all yeah. of that stuff, the continual fight for equality. Like the equality act was whatever her name is, Marjorie Taylor, whatever. It's just like, this is so stupid. Like, yeah. why are you, people just want to be respected and they want to be treated as equals. And you're really going to act like, like a, a dick, like yeah. stopping. Like, it's, stop. it's,
0: it's no, it's the, um, it's the best example, not the best example. It's like the most glaring example of of white privilege when like you mm-hmm. are like, we need to be equal. Like white people need to be equal or like gay people and lesbian people are getting everything. It's like or or affirmative action. It's like, no, these people have been like literally marginalized, you know, people of color literally been held down for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. and all they want is as fair shot. And then for you to say, you know oh but we want our fair shot too it's 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 reverse racism i was like oh my god like i've had a few people like that when i would post stuff on in some of the the facebook groups around here
1: and, and like, watching um a movie it's out on hbo max right now but it's only streaming for so long um it's actually an alumni of the college that i'm going to he is directing it and it's called judas and the black messiah i saw and it yeah i watched it yeah and it talks about, um, for those of you who don't know, it's like the Black Panther Party and how there was a person that was a part of it who worked with the FBI and mm-hmm. assassinated, you know, yeah. people the party. And there was this one scene in it where um, the the cops were talking amongst themselves, the FBI agents were talking amongst themselves, and the one head cop asked, "What would you do if yeah. you're a black guy?" And he he was like, "What does this have to do with my daughter? Like, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about?" And the head cop says to him, it's not just about your daughter. It's about the way of life. Uh And if you don't want that way of life, like going on, then you need to do something about it now. And you need to stop black people from raising their voices. And you need to stop them from like, and it's just like, that's still happening today. Like Uh the black party, it may not be as prominent, but the issues are still alive today.
0: Yeah. they were (laughs)
1: So hard.
0: Yeah. The guy that, that got assassinated Fred Hampton, he was, 21 22 23 years old he was really young and they and because they were becoming powerful you know the same thing happened with with Dr. Martin Luther King same thing happened Mm -hmm. with like Malcolm X once the voices got loud you know it's funny um and I don't know if you've noticed this but you could look into it a researcher or people don't know it but um when Martin Luther King day during like his birthday the holiday so many people I mean mainly like obviously white people I'm talking about uh will will uh tweet a, a quote from martin Luther King or or they'll like say oh yeah of his speeches but if you look back at his approval rating back in the 1960s he was like yep. hated by most of white America because he was very much powerful and they were scared of him mm-hmm. and now after he got assassinated and he's no longer a threat quote unquote he uh you know they'll 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 try to be all righteous about right. like his his life and his legacy it's like come on like you were not about it. Maybe not you personally, but like your family, or maybe you at the time were not about it when mm. he was alive. And now you're going to try to be a high mighty, like yeah, save your, save your shit, you know?
1: Right. And I think like you know it's difficult because the school that we live in, although there's like a huge diverse community, and it's a lot more accepting um than I think some of the surrounding schools, or you know, even it's just very you know progressive in terms like of our community, mm-hmm. but some people that i really respect as friends as just general people and i'm just like well the way that you live your life right now if you is totally different than who you could have been back then so like if you were living in um in america during these times like would you have fought against the people who were just trying to walk on the streets to protest would you have owned slaves because like the the place that your family is right now and their history like you can't say no I would never have done that or my family never would have done that but it's just like it's very likely that your family has lineage to those yeah. like groups and even though you say that you might not have done that you don't know if you would have or not if you lived back then and so it's like people I respect I, I think about like or I think about myself really like what would I be like if I lived in the 1940s, the 1950s, yeah. like who I am, would I be a different person? Would I stand for what I stand for now? And I, I want to say yes, but what I, really, yeah. Would I really,
0: yeah, we don't know. And, and we're a product in some ways of our environment, you know, the family that we've grown up into and, you know, up to a certain point, we, we're indoctrinated, indoctrinated, or we're like conditioned to think a certain way. But, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully, people can break out of that if it's, if it's, you know, if it's hateful, or, for, or if it's like negative, because, you know, hate isn't hate is learned. It's not, you know, you're yeah. not born with hate. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: once you like, you know, someone like, like you, who's going to college, and <laughs> I mean, hopefully in person sooner, eventually, but like that person that might be in a very like rural area, and they go to college, could be a culture shock. They're like, Wow! Like mm. all these people are living together, doing all these things, and it's twenty twenty one. It's like it's you know these shouldn't yeah. be the issues anymore, but you know that's what we currently deal with, and we're just hoping to be. I'm just hoping that we can be better moving forward, and it's it's there's hope, but it's going to take time, and it's going to take a lot of uh, a lot of effort. You know,
1: it starts with us, and it starts with these conversations, and yeah. it starts with platforms like this podcast, or our Instagrams, yeah. or our Facebook, the generations who yeah. are. Around- woke and yeah. we'll post stuff out like it's it's educating yourself and and really listening to what others have to say and then making your own opinions when you have all the information laid out in front of you
0: yeah so yeah and 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 uh i don't want to take i was just thinking but i don't want to take up <clears throat> too much of more of your time or my time we both have i'm assuming somewhat <laughs> busy schedules even though we're probably in our house whatever but yeah. um be- before before um before you go, at the end of the podcast, I don't know if you've re- listened to like them at the end of it. I always ask the guest, of, so you're ready, you're shaking your head. People can't see it, but you're shaking your head. So maybe you already <laughs> have a, maybe, so, so you did your homework. You're a good student and your research, you might already have an answer, but I want it to be as authentic as possible. So Sophia, what are you grateful for today? It could be today. It could be this week. It could be yesterday. Something that, you know, that you are truly grateful for, and it doesn't have to be something so obvious. It can be, but something that's really true to you.
1: Um, I think the first thing that I think about when I hear that question, whether it was on the other podcasts or on this one, when you're asking me directly, I think the number one thing is my health. I'm so incredibly lucky um, to be healthy today in today's day and age and to be able to have the food that I have and to have food in general and to have power. I think this entire time has just taught me that nothing, we take so much for granted and like this water that I'm drinking right here yeah. in my hydro for however many years, like I just enjoyed the taste of it. Yeah. And I'm, just, I'm really grateful to be alive today. Well, that, that's, a
0: good, yeah, that's a good one. And, and, and although it's, that one sounds or seems very like easiest and obvious, a lot of people mm-hmm. don't take a step back and, and allow themselves to be grateful for just breathing air for just mm-hmm. waking up this morning, because that is not, promise to everybody and unfortunately some people don't get that opportunity you know yeah um so if i had to pick something
1: yeah what are you grateful for kyle today
0: what am i grateful for so today i am i am grateful for people in my life particularly the people in my life that i'm very close with um for being honest with me even if they know it may hurt a little bit you know if something that happened they did or i did and they want to bring it up that they feel comfortable enough they feel you know strong enough in their in their beliefs or strong enough in their convictions that i won't like won't like look at them different if or they quote unquote hurt me i won't you know uh abandon them as a friend you know i'll, I'll take it for what it is and then, and then we'll work through it because people shy away from being honest with other people sometimes because it may hurt or may seem like it bruises their ego or whatever it is. But sometimes it's something you need to hear. Sometimes it's something that they need to get off their chest. And to to be able to have those open lines of communication and to have a space where you could be completely honest and open is something that I truly treasure because I, in the past, I wasn't always like that. And my relationships with other people weren't like that. They were very Mm -hmm. surface level. They were very um, just kind of skirting around the truth and, and, and I mean, and not really, you know, being honest. And to have yeah. those in my life today, it's very, I'm very grateful for it. And I'm very lucky to have that because it's something mm-hmm. that I really pride myself on. So yeah. that's a good, yeah.
1: That's <laughs> do. <good too.
0: laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a good, yeah. I, I, it just hit, it hit me today and like a little bit of yesterday, like that. I, that was something that was really um, prominent in my life. And I needed to, I needed to give it. The energy and i needed to like speak it out because i wanted to show it that i that i noticed it and i recognize it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I but think
0: um, yeah. Not no, that's it.
1: Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This no, is No no a-
0: worries. I mean I, I and also at the end i also i don't know if you have <laughs> if you have anything you want to like plug out there for the locals or for the the world, i don't know, instagram or or meetings of such i don't know whatever it is, if you have anything that you want to just put out there, you're more than welcome to in this moment.
1: Sure. So I'll start with my Instagram. Um, my Instagram is Sophia, S-O-P-H-I-A-X Medina. Um, I'm on Facebook, Sophia Medina. I don't really have a brand. I'm just a student right now. But uh, I think just one thing that I want to say to the audience and whoever's listening is just please be kind to each other. Be good yeah. to each other. Reach out to your friends if you miss them. And, and don't take that time for granted. Mm-hmm. Say yes more than you say no. Um, and just like Kyle says, be grateful each and every
0: day. I like it. Okay. Well, thank you once again. This was awesome.
1: Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. everyone.
0: Yeah. And have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. I want to thank each and every one of you for dedicating time and space and energy to this podcast today. I am always so grateful and so thankful for every one of you, for each and every one of you. And at the same time, don't forget to thank yourself for those same reasons, for allowing yourself, for dedicating that time and space for yourself, whatever it is that you may be doing. But if it's this podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you. And another big thank you to Sophia Medina for sitting down with me today and discussing so many different topics with such openness and such honesty that we all can learn from. And if any of my listeners want to reach out to Sophia, you can find her on Instagram at Sophia, S-O-P-H-I-A, X Medina. So Sophia X Medina on Instagram and Sophia Medina on Facebook. As always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so that you can be notified when a new episode comes out. And if you want to reach out to me, have a discussion, give me some feedback, whatever it may be, you can email me at kylethegrateful at gmail.com. You can go to my Instagram and DM me, kylethegrateful.com. If you want to go to my website, check out some recipes, some blog posts. The address is www.kyleagrateful.com. Have an amazing day, everybody. Have an amazing night. And always remember to be grateful no matter what. I'll talk to you soon.